0: Welcome to to Go-To-Market
1: Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about the strategies you need to implement a successful go-to-market strategy. Joining us for Go-To-Market Week is Jordan Crawford, who is the co-founder at Blueprint, which is a company that helps startups that have found product market fit build scalable go-to-market systems based on identifying pain in the market. Blueprint Systems get 11 to 33% positive reply rates on cold emails and they've built a market system for companies like Main Street Vouch, Fresh Paint, Primer, Feros, and Ironclad. And today Jordan and I are going to kick off Go to Market Week by talking about why B2B outbound is jacked. All right, here's the first installment of Go to Market Week with Jordan Crawford from Blueprint Jordan, welcome to Go to Market Week on the MarTech Podcast.
2: Oh my gosh, thanks for having me.
1: Dude, it's good to have you back. It's been too long.
2: Yeah, I realize that all my conversations go better when they're in the podcast medium. So I've started to stop having other conversations unless we can do a podcast on it.
1: Every time you talk to your significant other, it's like, hang on, let me go get my microphone. I sound better this way. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You've come on this podcast a couple of times and I'll spill the beans here. You're one of my favorite guests. I think you're a creative marketer, a well-spoken man. I always enjoy talking to you. But every time we chat, you've got a new title, a new company. You're doing something new and exciting. What the heck are you up to today?
2: Thanks again for having me. I have a blast too, and you make me sound fantastic. So I'm happy to have all my conversations in your podcast. So what I'm doing these days is I'm helping startups that have found product market fit go to market with a strategy. And I think that the problem that I see in the market day in and day out is founders will manually send emails, they'll find uh, good traction, then they'll hire sales reps and say, now you go sell and they don't train them how to do it. They don't give them messaging. There's no targeting. There's no strategy. They throw bodies at the problem. And in B2C, you can't do this because people are focused on CAC, right? Like, how do I get my CAC down from $12 to $10 to $5? In B2B, it's like, oh, well, you just sold a $100,000 deal. Just keep doing whatever you're doing. But what they're missing is that they could be spending their time on platinum accounts instead of gold accounts, they could spend their time on really following up with people and spending more time on meetings and just totally change their conversion rate if they build a strategy for their SDRs and a strategy for outbound about who they should go after and what they should say to those folks. So that's what I'm doing today.
1: All right. So we titled this episode why B2B outbound is jacked. And what I'm hearing from you is B2B marketers have the luxury of being lazy. When you're in B2C and your LTVs are low, your CACs need to be super low, so you're ROI positive, but you have a ton of people you could reach out to. When you are you know, have a total addressable market of 2,500 people and they're buying a million dollars worth of product each, it doesn't matter if you spend $100,000 on a sales rep that does nothing for a year as long as the guy next to them or girl next to them is successful. But that doesn't mean that we're not leaving money on the table here.
2: Well, to be fair, I don't think it's right to say that they're lazy. I think that there's a thing that you hear often, which are our tools shape us and we shape our tools. So this is what's happened is that in the world of Zoom info and outreach, when those tools first came out, you could spam the market because you were the only person that was sending mass emails. You used the tools and you just blasted that message to everyone. And the people that responded happened to have the problem that you were selling and they didn't get a lot of email. And so it worked. And then what happened is that everyone was doing the same thing. So we're at a place now where people will take the same data, the same data, Zoom info. I have your title. I have your name. I have your email. And they'll say, what crazy things can I say to those people, right? And how can I like tweak the copy? What about quick question as a subject line? Or what if I don't say who I am? And I, you know, so they're using the same data. It's a really bad idea. And I think that this is a problem that our tools have got us here, And the way that people solve this today is they think more personalization. So I'm going to go to you and say, hey, Ben, I see that you have a cat and I have a cat and boy, we like cats together. And oh my gosh, and I noticed that your mascot is a donkey and I had a donkey mascot. And this idea of personalizing at scale, that's not the problem. The problem is doing great targeting and then explaining that targeting to the lead in small chunks in 100 to 500 emails where you can say, Based on my research, it seems like you have these problems. And because of these problems, it means that you're probably in this type of pain. Here's someone else that we've helped in that same situation. Did I get it right? And that's basically what the email looks like every time. And if you get the targeting right, if you find the person in pain, your messaging doesn't have to talk about their, you know, the school that they went to or how much money they raised or are they in the same city as you? You don't need to do any of that stuff because you get the pain right. People will reply.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. So Jordan, what I'm hearing is people are using small batches of emails to test which copy and they're kind of editing their copy on the fringes. Maybe if I change the title, maybe if I change you know, some of the personalization, I might be able to make a little micro-optimization to get more people to respond to my cold email, but you're basically saying that there's a better way by not focusing on the relationship between you and why they should consider Responding to your email, but more your understanding of what they're going through than who specifically they are
2: that's exactly right, and I'm actually suggesting that you do send small tests hundred to five hundred you know that's your audience size that's how big your list should be with this research done ahead of time. So you take your research out of the individual person, you put it in the company, what's going on at the company. And there are some mental models here that might be helpful. Are people leaving certain departments? Are they joining certain departments? Are they have key hires? What's happening with their jobs? Are they hiring certain people? What are they asking the market to for, right? In their job descriptions, they'll say, we're looking for someone to set up cold outbound. That's a perfect lead for me because I know that they're at the right inflection point. And you start to combine things like their technology, what's going on at the company, understandings of where that person came from, like what were they doing at their last company and did they just start a new company? And maybe they're going to take that technology from their last company to their new company. So this is a much more nuanced way to look at what's going on at the company and you take that to the person versus what's happening now is... How can I tweak my messaging or how can I do more research on the person to talk about what they like, what they dislike, what they're posting about? And that may be a good hack at non-scale levels at the individual level to get someone to reply. But then you go through a bunch of qualifying and it turns out they're not even a good fit for you. They're a $10 lead and not a $100 lead. And it just doesn't make any sense to do that.
1: Yeah, it's funny, you know, you are preaching to the choir here. We've been doing cold outreach to try to find sponsors for the Martech podcast for multiple years and we're really at this inflection point now where I'm starting to feel the pain that you're talking about with the that strategy kind of breaking down where it was templatized but personalized emails from me to people that were in the martech industry saying hey we're in your industry we run the biggest podcast here's some facts about the stats do you want to come be a sponsor and then we've run into a couple different problems as we're starting to scale email deliverability becomes a huge pain point response rates have gone down people are getting more emails So we're sitting here trying to say, all right, how do we scale? How do we try to find who's right in the market as opposed to just blanketing everybody that is in our industry? I'd love to get your advice on some of the ways that that's going to happen.
2: Let's do this. I mean, can we just do a live sort of hot take go to market for you?
1: Yes, but we're going to break this down into every single episode for this week. So first off, let me set the table for you. And you're going to break it down the rest of the week, not just helping me solve my problems, but hopefully some of the other go to market problems that people are having. We've got a total addressable market for people in the MarTech industry. There's 8,000 companies. We reach out to marketers. There's probably two or three marketers, one or two decision makers per company. So look, there's, let's use around number 10,000 people we can send emails to. And we've been using an email template that says something to the extent of, we're the MarTech podcast. We see you're in the MarTech industry. Our show's big and people love it. And it's got a lot of listeners. And we think you'd be a great sponsor. If you're interested, let us know. Yeah, And we follow up a couple of times with case studies and I'm going to bubble up your email and last chance before we never bother you again type emails. And we send four emails and the response rates have been OK, but email deliverability has become a real problem for us. So in general, when you run into companies like me who are like, I'm just, and by the way, founder-led sales, like I and me and my team are sending these emails from my inbox or an inbox that looks like my inbox. So like we've got an SDR that's filling the campaign, but I'm setting up, I wrote the templates. It's, I'm fielding all of the sales calls that come in. Is this the problem that you see most people in your niche running into?
2: Yeah, and the problem with scalability here is that you send the same thing, you're getting, you know, I don't know, half a percent, 1%, 2% conversion rates on average.
1: Hey, 3%, thank you very much. Oh,
2: hey, that's nothing to joke about. The industry average reply rates are going down, so that's good. But I will say that the best way to do this, really, if you have customers already, is to code them figure out who bought, why they bought, what was the inflection point their company uh, was at when they bought and why they sponsored, and then their results. And then take that information so you can say, all right, well, it turns out that Blueprint sponsored our podcast in 2020. They are a fintech company. They ran ads. Here was their result. And they decided to sponsor a podcast because they were sponsoring newsletters at the time and they were doing a big blast where they just launched a product, right? So you decode what the actual transactions that your customers made to convert with you. And then you say, great, how can I take these models of buying moments and look for signals in the market? So that might be, for example, looking at other marketing podcasts and seeing what other companies are sponsoring It might be looking at job descriptions, seeing who's hiring someone to specifically find podcast sponsors. It might be that when someone hires a head of growth and they're at a company that they're in the same industry as someone that you've done really great for or a competitor, that might be a good time to reach out. Or there's a couple of evergreen plays here. And one of them might be, look at all of your customers that have bought sponsorships for and look if they've changed jobs. Hey, Jordan, I see that you used to work at this company and now you're a marketer at this other company. You had great results.
1: Jordan, there's a ton of different ways to skin the cat here when you're figuring out what the pain points are. So we're going to walk through the rest of that, some of the tools you can use, some of the ways that you figure out your customer's pain, and exactly how do you address it to make sure that you're getting the most out of your total addressable market possible. And that wraps up this episode of Go to Market Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Crawford, the co-founder at Blueprint. If you'd like to hear more of Jordan and Blueprint's tips to building an effective go-to-market strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss why B2B marketing tools always fail. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is blueprintdata.io. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. -J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.